The weather continued fine, which was lucky for the work on Josiah Gideon's rambunctious new church, but unlucky for everything else. Wells threatened to go dry. Crops lay parched in the field. But Josiah's little building grew taller in the sunshine every day, like the growing tree it had once been. On the last Sunday morning in August, a small bell was swayed up in the new steeple, complete with bell rope and wheel. Eben had found it among the effects of a dismantled church in Watertown and bought it, he said, for a song. Now he knelt in the open bell chamber and fed the end of the rope through the opening in the ceiling. Josiah reached up from below and pulled it down. The bell jangled, competing with another loud reverberation from farther up the road. The bell in the steeple of the first parish was ringing to summon the congregation. That bell was bigger than this one, and its peal was louder and more musical, sounding far over the town and the surrounding fields, bonging dimly even in the robing room of the Reverend Horatio Biddle. But, as Horatio adjusted the folds of his ministerial gown, he stiffened at the sound of an unfamiliar clanging from the direction of the Acton Turnpike, a rude noise that interfered with the noble chiming of the bell in his own steeple. At once, he guessed that Josiah Gideon was ringing a mutinous bell in the crude little shack he called a church. Listening to the crisscrossing clash of the two bells, Horatio told himself that he had nothing to fear. The God-fearing citizens of Nashoba would surely know which bell was calling them to blessedness and which to godlessness and anarchy. Timidly, he peered at his congregation through a peephole in the door. Something was terribly wrong. Where were they? Horatio could see only a scattering of elderly women and the sad relics who walked to church every Sunday from the home farm. His wife was there, of course, sitting firmly upright in the Biddle family pew. She was staring straight ahead, contemplating the nature of human depravity. Well, at least his old friend Professor Jedediah Eaton was walking into his pew just as usual. Like Horatio, Jedediah was an ardent Latin scholar. The two of them enjoyed exchanging jocular Latin tags, Caesar's famous exclamation when he saw his friend Brutus among the assassins, et tu Brute, or some cutting remark by Cicero. Oh yes, thank God for Jedediah. But where was everyone else? Horatio pulled out his watch and held it to his ear. Had it stopped? No, but surely it was running too fast. Perhaps the actual time was only half past ten? Usually by quarter to eleven, he could hear the shuffle of feet, the subdued murmur of voices, and the creaking of pews as his parishioners sat down. In the winter, there was also the cheerful noise of wood being chucked into the stoves and the pinging of the stovepipe as it expanded with hot air, but this morning the stoves were cold and the stovepipe silent. In fact, there was no noise at all from the sanctuary. Horatio jumped back as the door opened and his wife slipped in, her tight smile vanishing as she closed the door behind her. Ingeborg's face was white, her hands were shaking, and her whisper was hoarse and desperate. It's that wicked traitor Gideon! He's kidnapped the congregation!